Hello, you are listening to the Plumfield Moms, and this is Plumfield in Person. Hi, I'm Diane Pendergraft here with Sarah Masaryk, and today we have with us a very special interviewee, Sam Smith. And then we have a couple of guest interviewers, Caleb Murphy and Jack Masaryk. Friends, we are delighted to have Caleb and Jack here helping us with this interview. We figured that we've talked with Sam already, and while that was super fun for us, it might actually be more fun for you to hear from kids who love Sam's books so very much. So we thought it might be more interesting for you, and we thought it might be more fun for Sam, too. Sam, I have been reading your books for years, as you well know, and I have loved them. I have loved them all, some even more than others, but generally loved them all. When Caleb got here, we were talking about the fact that for all of us, Last Archer is tippy-top favorite. Hmm. But this book, for me, is some of the best medicine I've had in a long time. The humor is amazing and delightful. And I think that our fans who are big fans of The Green Ember, who already know you and love you, they're going to love this book. All the jokes that are in The Green Ember that you love, it's that on steroids in this one. But people who don't know you might really want to check this book out because it's different than The Green Ember in really delightful ways. All the same things we love, but so much also that's just really charming and fun. And it's lots of short stories. So you can do them in little bits at a time, which is nice, too. So, Sam, thank you for being here today. We're so delighted to have you back. Oh, I'm so glad to be here with you all. That was so kind of you to say. And uh, last time, was it last time that... I was, I brought my son. Yeah. Bring your son to work today. Exactly. For Jack Zulu. You're returning the favor. (laughs) Good point. I like that. (laughs) The more kids, the better. That's what I always say. So so, so thank you. Yeah. You were one of the first people to read Mrs. with Bazookas. And I was nervous about that because I think I was particularly nervous because you like the other books and, Mm -hmm. you know, we have this history and you really, I don't know, more than almost anybody, I feel like you get what's going on. You know, I don't feel like I have to explain anything. It's you understand and get the heart behind the books and just jive with it so well. So that made me nervous because I was like, this, <laughs> this is not bad no, this for is sure. Different. different animals. So I was like, oh my goodness, Sarah's serious. But I was like, she takes <laughs> life seriously. And she's, you know, so I had that broad fear. And actually, so when you gave early feedback before, way before the book came out that you were enjoying it. And so that was a big relief to me because oh. it was like a, I think, oh, if Sarah gets it, then I think I think enough of the audience will get it. We'll be, uh, we'll be put in debtor's prison, hopefully, or, or poorhouse. Well, <laughs> I am not the only person who loves this book, obviously. You've been back to the warehouse three times to sign more copies because you keep selling out. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. And that seems like a gimmick, <laughs> but uh, it is not super easy to pull that off. There's three of us, three families that work together, my, myself, my brother, Josiah. Not to be confused with my son, Josiah. The elder and the younger. He was named after his <laughs> uncle. And so I work with my brother, Josiah, and then, then our brother-in-law, Andrew, and our three families. You know, we get like all the kids who are not in college or not working or whatever to, to come to the warehouse. And there's a whole big sort of assembly line. And, it, you know, it seems like, oh, you just get a box of books and you open them and you sign them. But, you know, when you, if you're signing, you know, thousands and thousands of books, you, you got to get kind of an efficiency of opening and closing and palleting and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So it's a big old operation. So yeah, to get the whole team there or a lot of the team there, you know, 10 people or so usually, I mean, there's, there's 16 of us overall, but 
we usually get about you know ten or so, and and to get them all working for four or five hours, it's kind of you know it disrupts the school day and and all that. So actually, we signed a lot the first time, and then yeah. then then I was like, oh man, we have to go back. And so going back twice was a really a surprise, but that is a delight, and people have definitely given this book a chance, and that is that is all we ask, and, I and love uh, it. we hope that hope that it resonates with people and they, they, they like to laugh. Well, I got a copy right away, of course. And then I placed an order and then I placed another order. So I have ordered this book twice in multiple copies each time because we're giving it as gifts because the more that we have loved it, the more we're telling people about it. And I put it in my lending library and Caleb's little brother was the first person to check it out. He was waiting for it to arrive. <laughs> and, and then there's a waiting list behind him. So I'm like, no, oh, I need more copies. <laughs> that's so awesome. That is, that's crazy. We should have sent you more copies. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously, right. <laughs> This is great. I love supporting you. This is amazing. (laughs) Well, Sam, one of the reasons why we invited Caleb Murphy here is I've always heard from Caleb's family that Caleb is your number one fan. I've heard that for years. And I know a lot of people are vying for that. But Caleb, tell Sam why the Green Ember books are so important to you. Yeah. So I've loved your books for many years now. I can't even uh, remember how long ago it was, but I have dyslexia, which uh, you're probably aware is where it's really hard for me to read. And I don't even remember when, but I was for the very beginning of my life over up maybe till I was probably about 10, uh, maybe even around 10 to 13. I really was like struggling with reading. Like my mom could not get me to read any, any books whatsoever. Like frog and toad was a journey for me. Um, and so eventually, you know, I was like, all right, I should probably start trying to read some books. I tried and failed very miserably. And then eventually my mom read out loud Green Ember to me. And I was like, wow, that book was so much fun. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give a hand at reading it myself, which, you know, for me at that age was like a godsend for my mom. My mom was like shocked because I did not read anything at that point. And so I ended up picking up Green Ember. And though it was slow going because I just, was such a slow reader back then. I I read through the entire book and loved it. And then I realized by that point, your next book uh, had come out. And then I was like, oh, mom, can we get that one? She's like, and she she bought that right away because she was like, Caleb wants a book? (laughs) Yes. Uh, And then so I got that book. And literally ever since I've been ordering the books as they've been coming out and reading them. And, you know, now I've been reading tons of books and all that. But Green Ember was the book that like, it really got me into reading, which, you know, my mom will testify was a near impossible task uh, back before I had re- read The Green Ember. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing, Caleb. That is so cool, man. I'm so glad you, you stuck with it and uh, persevered and, and worked on it. That's so that is, I feel so honored that that was the first book that you read on your own. And I'm so glad that it led to reading more and more other stuff too. That's, I love the Green Ember as, as a gateway, not a destination. I've heard that story a few times, I'll be honest. It feels like a gift from God because I didn't, uh, I didn't plan that or I couldn't have like engineered that. It's just, that's a grace. That's, that's kind of a byproduct of these stories that I was telling my kids. So that was really cool to hear, man. Thanks. Thanks, Caleb. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, and I've loved Moose's Bazookas as well, uh, other than all the complaints I have about Moose's Bazooka. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> other than the terrible parts, the, the few remaining sentences were quite good. Yes, very much so. 
Not to mention my little brother heard uh, the bazookas in the title and, you know, he went bazookas, you might say. So, <laughs> Caleb is a Civil War reenactor, so he's very particular about his weapons. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so funny because I, I was literally listening to the audiobook reader read that book today or that story today. And I was just thinking, and this person was actually a veteran, 23 years in the service, and all the little goofy things in there about, like, not only do I completely butcher the English language and that he sped along speedily and have all those dumb, you know, repetitions and break a thousand rules. But they're funny. It is. You do it in a funny way. You don't do it because you're ignorant. It is, but I do the same thing with with like weapons and other things, there's like dumb, dumb, understand, bad understandings of like how a bazooka works or how weapons are. So it's just so, it's so bad. And and, I, and I'm not sure that this person like to begin with, like knew. So I think that for a while there, he was kind of like, cause he didn't know me very well. And he's like, for a while there, he's like, what, what is going on here? What is happening? <laughs> but after a while he started laughing during and kind of got, got, got with the flow of it. But, but it is, it is quite absurd. So I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're have to cringe at some moments, but um, those cringes are mostly intended. <laughs> so boys, do you have questions for Mr. Smith? It's uh, you. You can go first. No, you can. All right. Uh, so uh, this is a kind of a question slash comment. Uh, one of the parts in the book that I love the most was when Barry was with JD, uh, and then also right after he left the, his fellow nerd, Sciency Moose, JD, and they were just making tons of uh, comments about, you know, how science will guide them and all of that. And then he cowered, uh, Barry hot, runs and hides behind a tree, and then he's he cries out, science, save me. Uh, I was just <laughs> laughing so hard at that. Uh, like, what inspired you to put that in your book? It's funny. I noticed that today too, actually, when, when this guy was reading it, yeah, he, he went and hid behind a very thin tree. I remember that detail that he, that he hid behind a very thin tree, which is a funny thing for me to think of with a, with a moose. Um, In the most vital spot of all his antlers. <laughs> exactly. So I've always thought that that was funny a little bit. So that's a goofy thing in there. Obviously he has a few things he says, like, I think he says something about, you know, he keeps talking about how he's a vegetarian uh, and how great he is for that. And and then he, he talks about how he's not spiritual. He's not religious, but he's spiritual, spiritual and how like everything kind of like, I kind of think that like whatever I think is what I believe is good or something is he's just such a flake. That's part of that too, is just, there's a little bit of a joke and that's not new. That's an old, I mean, somebody might think that's from the last few years or something and all the, the controversies, medical controversies that, that everybody's, um, you know, been upset about or whatever, but it, this predates that, like that I wrote that way before. And just the whole idea of modernism, sort of like idolizing science. It, science is awesome because <laughs> it's a gift from it God. Is, yeah. it's like Medicine is awesome. It's a gift from God. Engineering, all of it. It's all God's stuff, all the good stuff. But it's funny when people look to science. I think it's, well, it's actually tragic when you look to science for something that it can't provide, which is like meaning. Right. It can answer like questions like what? And how? What happened? Mm-hmm. Or how? Yeah, but it doesn't answer why. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't give any clue to meaning. It, it could say that you can technically uh, kill another person, but it doesn't tell you like if that's good or bad. Right. And people put it to use to do a job it can't do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's sad and tragic. So I'm a little bit, even though the book is not, an allegory and it's not intended to sort of like be heavy with ideas. Sometimes I can't help myself a little bit. And it's just, I just think it's a funny, funnily absurd that he's, that he's like 
trust in science. And, um, <laughs> and he has, and he's there reading as their guidebook, the, uh, the scientificality of everything. And uh, so I just think that's, it's like a little bit of absurdist um, stuff uh, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, and the way that it flowed right into the part where he was uh, sending his, his thoughts to yeah. JD. <laughs> that's right. uh, yeah, no. Yeah, well, my older brother had to, uh, you know, get surgery because he had a collapsed lung once. And like, I'll pe- let people know, and they'll be like, "I'll send my thoughts." And I'm just, I, I can't help but think to myself, I'm just like, I wonder how that, like, what does that I just, do? I just never got, I just never got it. And so, uh, mm-hmm. and I just love the end note where it's just like, "Hey, if, if he's where uh, Barry's just like, well, I'm going to send my bad thoughts to you." Yeah, uh, that, was, that was masterfully done. I forgot about that too. That's so funny because that's another thing that's. Yeah, I had the same reaction when people do that. It's kind of like we, we we do live in a, this moral universe informed by really Christianity, uh, even more than just religion broadly. But Christianity particularly is just so influential in all of our assumptions. Even when we're making bad arguments, we're often making like a bad argument from a Christian assumption. Uh, but that, that the whole thing of like, yeah, sending thoughts, like what good does that do? I mean, to send a thought, but like to, but to a lot of people, obviously, prayer is absurd. And, uh, and I get that because that's weird. <laughs> it is super weird. But like, so is sending thoughts. So yeah, it, it, he's, uh, he's, he, he's a little bit of a silly character. And I, for, I had forgotten. Yeah, sending, sending good thoughts. <laughs> Other questions, boys? So where did you get the idea to mix mooses and bazookas? <laughs> yeah, it's, they don't really fit, right? It's kind of like, a, what is the thing that you think you're positive a moose could not handle? That would be <laughs> Yeah. Of all weapons in the history of, of time. Well, that came just from a joke that that a guy, um, a friend named Eric, I was on a book tour in South Carolina and uh, he was kind of making fun of me a little bit. And he was like, so you're still doing this rabbits with swords thing. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm still doing the rabbits with swords <laughs> thing. And he's like, why don't you mix it up a little bit? Why don't you try, I don't know, like mooses with bazookas or something like that. And I thought that was so funny. It was funny sounding to me. And I kind of like it. You know, when you're doing like book signings or book tours, I hear a lot of stories. And like what you said to me, Caleb, you know, about this book being meaningful to you. And it means a lot to me. It's powerful. It is. But it's a lot to take when you're hearing it like thousand times or something. And so it's a little bit like, so it relaxes me a lot when someone, you know, I'm also grew up with a bunch of brothers and stuff. So it relaxes me when someone kind of knocks me down or makes fun of me in some way, not in a mean or ugly way, but just like good natured teasing. Yeah. Good natured ribbing cracking. Mm-hmm. I like it. It sort of takes the pressure off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that made me laugh so much. And I, I immediately went home. Well, I went home that night and I started writing Mooses with Bazookas. Oh, that wow. Night. And, it was just from the title, the title. And I was like, well, what, what would that be like? And I've written some other things that were a little bit in this sort of vein, a little bit silly, like stuff that intentionally made fun of bad writing in its execution. And really, you see that flavor throughout, even in Moose's The Story, but also with Wally, like the whole idea of sort of knocking down a peg, a little bit of the arrogance or the pretension of authors in general. And sometimes me in particular, like the whole thing with JD and DJ, like the making fun of using your initials right, and stuff like that. Right. And I had to explain that to the audiobook reader today. I was kind of like, um, sorry, I know that some of this might not make sense, but I'm actually making fun of myself here. And, uh, and, right. and yeah, so, so that's sort of the origin of the, of that combination mooses with bazookas if you if you come up with some other combination of an animal and a weapon and you want to you know Pitch let it. it fly uh, back i might 
might end up writing a story about it. <laughs> is that then wow. why that's the title of the book? Even though the book is more about Wally than it is about Barry? Yeah, the Mooses was the longest story that I had. And so I, I've, so I thought about the collection as Mooses with Bazookas and other stories. Mm. So I, that's how it was in my head for kind of a long time. And then the Wally stuff came a little bit later. And yeah, I thought of that as as a conceit to sort of thread it all together. Right. So I never changed it. And yeah, I just I thought it was catchy sounding. Oh, yeah. It was funny. I thought if I heard that title, I would I would be like I would kind of know what it is yeah. that it was goofy and 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 all that. So I I didn't really think about alternative titles to it. So maybe I, maybe I should have. No, I think the title is perfection. It is. It's the goofy riff off of Rabbits with Swords. It's, it just totally makes yeah. sense. I saw it and went, oh, this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> you can tell from the title that there's no way you intend to be serious. It's not possible. Yeah, well, that's funny because I think that too, and that's been the almost universal uh, response. But I had one friend who read it and was just like, I didn't, I thought, you know, still, I was expecting this, I was expecting it to be differently. I was expecting to be more, have more of a story. And I was like, did the title help at all? Did (laughs) did the title give you any kind of clue to the, but anyway, that was like a very smart person. And it kind of scared me. Uh, Most people get it. (laughs) Is the subtitle an homage to Hilaire Bullock's, you know, cautionary tales or something like that? Huh? Not intentionally mm. but I, now that i think about that you've also got um leers Lear, right exactly uh, yeah yeah nonsense sort of stuff so that's been in i've had that somewhere but i didn't think about that as intentionally it's i thought of it as more like the whole sort of award losing author the way that i sort of describe myself yeah. in it as just kind of like a uh a tongue-in-cheek sort of it and just making and it's happened several times in the thing but like making fun of a, a, the fact that you would never have uh, a story about any kind of like weapon right and violence. Uh, with an animal yeah. for a kid that would be absurd so it's just it's, it seemed like a, a natural I didn't I wasn't thinking about anything else I was just sort of thinking about this but that maybe that maybe that was there fun super fun that's one of the things I really appreciate about your stories is that you don't take yourself very seriously but there's a lot of really good good stuff in you you've read really widely and there's a lot that has formed you and it just oozes out of you whether you mean for it to or not but just in your own way with your own flavor. So it's exciting to see where you're going to (laughs) go. That's very kind. I appreciate that. You can't, you know, people who want to be, want to be writers and they're like, I'll just do what this author did that I admire or something. You you can't do it. Like exactly what you said, whatever you are, it just, it oozes out and you could be more skilled. I know there are way, way, way more skilled writers than me. And I don't think it's my writing that people actually resonate with. I think I'm a capable, like a good writer. Mm. Like I'm definitely not a great writer. Mm. And, that, and that's okay. Like, I think what I have to say is valuable because of what you're talking about, because of the stuff that's been poured into me, the, the gifts and stuff, the, the, the good gifts from God. And so that, that when that comes out, I think that's what people resonate with. I think it's, so I think you're right. Uh, even... I can't, I don't know where in a goofy book like Moose's that, that kind of stuff comes out, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's generously intended. I'll, I'll say that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boys, what other questions do you have? So obviously like we heard about what like inspired Moose's with bazookas. What made you go down this path 
uh, where you have like this main character and then he's just sending stories in a bottle. Like it's just like so, something so unique. I really haven't seen before anything like that or anybody I know has ever seen any like story written like this. It's like, where would that idea have come from? Do you know Redeemed Reader? Have you heard yeah, them? Yeah, I do. Yeah. They were doing a theme of kind of like, uh, I don't know if it was a deserted island theme or island theme or something. They asked me to to write something for them. This was years ago, and I don't know if it was like it was. I think it may have been to recommend books or something, or your huh. five favorite. So, and for some reason, I end up thinking, okay, I'll do that, and I'll just do it in this weird thing. I'll write a fake, a fake letter, um, a fake letter. Yeah, and and um, so that's where Wally was born. I, I need to go back and actually look and see what I did there because. I thought I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun. It was funnier than I thought. And then I was, Oh, that was kind of enjoyable. It was really goofy. And, and, and again, at the same time, I was kind of like, Oh, these people are going to think what a, what a maniac this guy is. <laughs> you think you're getting this like rabbits with swords, noble new story with an old soul. And you're getting this kooky kind of a story, but that just reminded me of how much I love writing stuff like that, like fun, just funny, goofy things. And, and uh, so I think that was the origin. And I, but I do like the conceit of trying to sort of, putting put them together for some for some reason it's somewhere along the way it kind of clicked like oh this is a way yeah to do this in a way that sort of gives you the frame becomes sort of its own story it's it's enjoyable by itself but it also has a little bit of a little bit a bit of a beginning middle and end kind of and and you can have at least enough to sort of piece together that it's somewhat of a story too and not just silly silly sentences but but yeah so i don't know I, I don't know i didn't really it wasn't really imitating any any other book when i when i did that i was mostly just trying to think of a a way to package it in a way that's like that was generous <laughs> and that kids would like yeah it would make sense and it would be uh that it would be enjoyable when i first thought i thought well i'll just put some of those letters in there and it won't you know you can read them or not but then uh, more the more i was like oh those are pretty good those are pretty funny and there became more of the whole right uh, right i don't know exactly where it all clicked together but it was somewhere along the way it became this sort of a, a thing it was like a slow boil too because it was years ago that i wrote that mooses with bazookas and so I, it just sort of they they kind of accumulated over time mm-hmm. eventually partly because you know Josiah and i didn't finish jack zulu 2 in time uh, we were like, <laughs> And I was like to the guys, I was like, "Hey, we got this Moose's story, you know, this Moose's book. We could, we could do that, and that'd be kind of fun." So that's that's where that came from. That leads me to follow up with that because you would like to always have a fall book, if possible. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, I'd love to. That's your plan, yeah. okay? And so, so how long did it take for you to pull Moose's with bazookas together? Especially since this wasn't the thing you've been, you know, like secretly working on for the last year or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly. Let's see. What this year has been really hectic because we were on tour for a lot of the yeah. year, so we were traveled a whole lot, which just is great. It's wonderful. I love meeting families, but it's hard. Yeah, it's challenging in a lot of ways. But one of them is just there's not time to write, and and for me, I like I like to write with momentum, as in you know I'm, I'm every day yeah. going, 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 so I don't have to go back and figure out where am I. You know, it's that's so hard. It's the restart cost is high, so momentum and consistency is really powerful. So we got home from the tour. So like our whole team was, was gone on the tour because we sort of did a bigger thing this year. So Andrew was gone, Andrew McKay um, with us and Josiah, my brother and a lot of my family. So when we got back, we started working on these new editions of the, of the green ember, you know, because there's nobody else to do the job. We don't work with a publisher. We are the publisher. So that was just all the time. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. And we went straight from that to 
mooses, or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe it was the other way around. But anyway, one of they came just bam, bam, uh, really intense sort of like finalizing, you know, figuring it out, getting all the art done, getting everything squared away and, and, and editing and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know when you were in that process, Sarah. And Late summer, right? I think it was late. Was that, was that then? I think it was late summer. I think it was like August. Okay, that makes sense. That's when the tour ended. There was no time to really rest. So yeah. basically it's just boom, boom, boom. It's a lot. And there was no like rest for the weary. We, mm-hmm. remember we got one off to press, another one off to press. And it was just up to the last minute, you know, doing that. But I, So I don't remember all the details. I, I know that Joe Hawks. I wanted to talk about him. His illustration is amazing. Yeah, he is a wonderful yeah. guy. Like I, I found him through my friend Joe Sutphin who you guys probably know. Um, yeah. He did the little Pilgrim's Progress and just did a Watership Down graphic novel. Mm-hmm. It's huge, huge, beautiful books. The cover on that one is stunning. Oh, my I want to read it just because of the cover. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. He's at my house right now, actually, and, and we were talking about it last night. Oh. And he was personalizing my copy of it, and it's just absolutely beautiful. Oh, my God. But he's, he's brilliant, but he, he knew Joe. Oh. And worked with him on Watership Down because Joe Hawks was the colorist on it. Oh. Um, so he helped Joe Sutphin a lot and, and they were good friends. And, and anyway, so that's, I bet Joe and Joe was Joe Hawks. And he was just an incredible, incredible artist and wonderful guy, a, a really faithful Christian guy. Mm. And he just has a wonderful spirit. And he, I loved working with him. He was so flexible and so quick and talented. And he had such a, I don't know. He, he really got the energy of it, was just very playful, and he was a wonderful partner oh. uh, for, the, for the project. Yeah, I mean, when we think about the illustration for the Green Ember books, it's both sweet and epic at the same time. You know, it's very artistic, feels classically inspired. And this, this just feels dynamic and comedic, that they're capturing the comedy of the book so, so well. And I feel like the illustration really is jumping off the page. Yeah. I enjoyed even that in the proof that you sent to us, the illustration was already there because that was, or no, some of it was, some of it was not. And I'm like, oh, this is really, this is a genuine add on to the book itself. Like it's, it, 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 when the audiobook comes out, friends, if you buy the audiobook, you still need to buy the book. I'm not trying to sell books here. I'm just telling you that the illustration is worth it. So make sure you do that. Yeah, when mom was reading it, she would like say, oh, here's an illustration. We all come running to go see. Because <laughs> it was like, we were working in the library at the time. And so we were working, so we couldn't see what them. And so we had to go and see. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I agree with you. I think it's got enough of whimsy and humor. But then it's also looks a little bit, like you said, a little bit classic, like a little bit of that kind of a feel. It's yeah. got at least it leans that way a little bit, which I, I liked a lot. My favorite illustration in there is, is the one with the bird, the old captain, the old sea captain with, oh, the, yeah. with, the, with, the, with the bird yeah. gets shot. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, his parrot. <laughs> that looks like it's like it could have been drawn in the 1880s. I mean, that looks like it's Chesterton worthy yeah. illustration. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the um, The octopus. Those two, I love those. There's so much little fun little detail in them. Mm-hmm. What else, boys? So you have all these hilarious stories, like walking backwards on Wednesdays <laughs> and things like that. I've actually tried that one he night. He did, that yeah. Was interesting. Greta did too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, try to brush your teeth backwards is interesting. <laughs> but um, where did Southie come yeah. from? Because that one's such a sweet, beautiful story and compared to all the other ones. It's so different. Yeah, I don't. That's a good question. Southie's the oldest one in there for sure. Oh. Um, 
I wrote that years ago. For a while there on, we had a website called storywarn.com. And for years, I had this vision of like every Friday we would do, I would do something called Storywarn Shorts. And we would have short stories and music oh, and wow. different sort of a things. It'd be like this little theater for, for, and I wanted to do a bunch of audio stuff. I've got a lot of big ideas about that kind of thing I would still love to do. Mm-hmm. But that that was one of the things I, did, I wrote for that. Oh. I wrote as a, as a little story for that. And um, I think the original uh, illustrator for that was Aiden Peterson, Andrew Peterson's son, when he was probably your age, Jack, he did illustration for, for Southie. And we put that out and, we, and it was in a little collection of, of, of a little book we did. We never sold it online, but it was something we did at a um, conference that we put on years ago called Inkwell. Mm. And I read it in anticipation of doing this, putting it in this collection and sort of, it was actually kind of cool because I was like, Oh, I've actually grown as a writer because this is a little bit terrible um <laughs> so i sort of rewrote it or like uh, edited it heavily should say which was good it was a good sign of, of feeling like i'm growing a, a little bit as a writer yeah so it's pretty old i mean it's probably 10 i don't know maybe 10 years old or something i don't know what i just like that idea of a mouse like sending a poem down the uh, river and and so i think it all kind of worked back from that i'd like this I like this idea of a, of a sort of, I'm a little, all these characters come out of me in some way, some kind of distorted or idealized version. But, you know, I like people who look out windows and look at the moon. Again, you think about like, I would rather read or write a poem about the moon than like learn about the rocks and all that. I like that. I don't think that science diminishes wonder properly understood it should increase wonder right, and, right. and i buy that I, I do i believe that's a way of receiving from god but also i like like the romantic i'm a romantic <laughs> so i like the i like the idea of this mouse sort of like gazing at the moon and thinking deep thoughts and stuff and so so that's he's a character that's not too not too removed from my own experience in some ways mm. you know, i am not a mouse are you uh, sure are you, yeah are you 100% sure <laughs> No, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I have sometimes been mousy, but I'm, I'm a... because on the screen you look a little smaller. <laughs> mouse. Mouses with bazookas, you better watch out. Ooh, that would be bad. I don't know. The pillaging pigeons would be pretty terrifying if you yeah, ask. Pillaging pigeons, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should write that. Or being attacked by an angry herd of salamanders. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. too. That's, that's, that's a threat. It's a constant threat. Caleb, what other questions do you have? Uh, yeah, so I really like again mooses with bazookas. That story was what kind of drew me the most, just because of you know I think it had the most wit. Uh, but like, again, again, also the title is Mooses with Bazookas. So uh, it makes sense that you gravitate towards that story. But in that story, like, I just thought it was hilarious at the end how you had that one, uh, the bear author who is a constantly documenting emperor lord. I'm not even going to try uh, reciting his title right oh, now. The Lord Bear. Like Maximus um, or something. Yeah, yeah. Killius Fangslicer, Lord Killius, Lord Fangslicer, Killius Maximus. <laughs> High Emperor, something like that. Yeah, if you just add a few more super Florius titles, you'll be close enough. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, when can we expect the books coming out from that band? I'm just uh, <laughs> curious. I mean, go to rainforestempire.com and see if they are uh, in stock. They're not. Yeah, that's the thing. Nothing's in stock. 
The only the only one that's in stock is Mrs. with Bazookas. That is a real shame. That is a that shame. I really want an expert's guide because you know get the person so safe they almost died. <laughs> I personally gravitate more towards the expert's guide to an expert's guide oh, yeah. of writing the expert's guide. So yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. You'll get a lot of on expertise. So what what is this expert guide on? Like it's an expert's guide to expert's guides, but what kind of guide is it? It's a, well, it's it's the it's expert guides. It's if if you're looking for expert guides, you want to find the best expert guide. So you need an expert's guide to expert guides. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's the it's, a, it's the center. It's the curation of all the experts' guides, ranked oh, yeah. and rated. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't not want to be an expert's guide, you uh, you gotta you gotta read the expert's guide to the expert's guide. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People who haven't read the book are like, what are they talking, talking about? about? And then when they read the book, they'll be even more confused. Yes. and Exactly. Yep. When we end this podcast, we'll do a PS and a PPS and a PPPS. Oh, right? yeah. PPPS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> more about that later. Yeah, at the end, we'll do that. That's funny. That was funny, Sarah. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Wally Warmbottom letters because I thought they were so creative. And you're right, they they tie everything together, but they are so entertaining all on their own. And I like that they make fun of everything. So I, I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> You're very silly. If you if you like to make fun of pretentious authors, you will. Or if you, if you like to laugh at pretentious authors who use their initials, then please. Funny me. It, it will be. It will be great. What a way to open a book where he starts with whelp and then tries to justify why he's using the word whelp, but he doesn't want to waste any paper, so he's not going to. <laughs> he's using these grossly uh, ambiguous big words to express it. <laughs> Hate for wasting paper. Yeah, that's he right. Spends two paragraphs bemoaning that he's not going to waste paper, but he's wasted paper and time. <laughs> he, I'm, I'm starting to think he may not have it all together. I mean, he may not be the the greatest you, guy. But and, and that's actually another little lesson. I do kind of think it's funny. I think it's sweet and nice when I, I like it when people like authors, since I'm an author, and when they listen to. It. But I also, I don't like it when people enshrine them. Yeah, or replace like their 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 pastors or their you know the real spiritual leaders in their lives right. or they're like I kind of don't like it's part, even the same with musicians and stuff like they're good at songwriting they're good at like making music but that doesn't mean they'll be like they're good spiritual advisors and I want to be a good spiritual advisor in my own community I want to be I want to have wisdom I don't want to sure. but I I think like it's a little bit silly how serious we can take them particularly in the, when we become divorced from more established uh, <laughs> institutions, yeah. uh, namely like the church, which is really, you know, the place to find um, reality, I think. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I do poke, there's a little bit of the poking that has a little bit of a point to it, I think. The source of all humor is the, is the kernel of truth anyway. So, right. It isn't funny if it isn't a little bit true. Yeah, that's true. And I love um, Peter Kraft is, is such a genius. And mm-hmm. I've got him on the brain a lot. My pastor, uh, Father Chris, was just like, he shared with me this like long quotation from, I can't remember which of Crave's book. I had read it. It was questions. Some kind of a book. I can't remember, but ask Peter Crave anything kind of a thing. And, yeah. But he basically talks about humor. And and I've, I've quoted from it a little bit but here and there, but he 
just talks about how it's like the most serious thing. Like you, mm-hmm. that, that yeah, I'll know more about you if I know what your favorite jokes are. And it's, it, he has this deep appreciation, which is so much like him and he's such a genius. But anyway, I recommend to anybody, if you want to follow somebody or learn something, then read Peter Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with that emphatically. <laughs> You're not going to go wrong with Peter Kraft. <laughs> he's amazing. Sam, what is the one thing you would really want people to know about this book? You know, if they only took one thing out of this podcast today, what would you want it to be? I do resonate with the whole thing that the world is very serious. And I, I told a story in this little video of the, when we released the book about my, my grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, who was stationed in England during World War II. He was in the 8th Air Force, the Army Air Corps, and he was a B-17. He worked on a B-17. He was a ball turret gunner and a very dangerous kind of a thing. And, and he was uh, in the hospital at one point, and he, and he got this book, Idle Thoughts of an Idle Fellow yeah. by Jerome K. Jerome. And he read it and it just made him laugh so much. And I just love this picture of him in the, during this really difficult time where he lost really good friends and his best friend, who my dad's named after, Don, Don Roberts. My dad's Hamlet Don Smith. And everyone's called him Don his whole life. He's named after oh. a young man, Bapal's best friend, who was killed over France. And uh, so it's just a very serious thing. And I and I am a serious person. I, I think about things deeply. I feel things deeply. Well, you're a romantic. Um, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, so the stuff that's going on in Israel is heartbreaking to me. Mm-hmm. What happened to them and what's happened to what, what a lot of the horrible, horrible anti-Semitism and, and evil in the world. Yeah. Uh, and so the wars and just terrible things. I, I, I it weighs on me, yeah. you know, the, the, the inhospitality and bloodlust against our very youngest people in our culture. These are things I take very seriously and care a lot about. And I think we should. And, and I, so I, I don't, but I think that it's also true that God gave us laughter and he, he, um, and that's another Peter Kraft quote, um, which is maybe appropriate with the kids here. But he says, uh, don't take yourself more seriously than God. Uh, God invented dog farts. <laughs> and so uh, I just think that like there are things that we laugh about and mm-hmm. that, 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 that are funny in the world. And I think that that's a gift. Mm-hmm. And so I don't intend by this book to uh, for it to be uh, am- amusing in a way that distracts us entirely from... Uh, being sober about the serious things in the world. Uh, but I think that as Christians, we should laugh and we should receive uh, the gift of humor and, and we should uh, look for moments and opportunities to engage with humor and to laugh and to not take ourselves super duper seriously. I think we, we take the appropriate <laughs> things in life seriously, but I don't think we need to always take ourselves super seriously. And so it's a time to relax and laugh and to smile. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of heaviness in, in, in the world. And I uh, wanted to, I want to contribute. I'd like the idea of a kid or a family who's weighed down with heavy things, uh, sitting in difficult days and, and laughing yeah. and laughing together yeah. and having moments of levity. I actually think that's physically good for you. Yeah. And I think the Green Ember is books are very serious. I mean, there's humor in them, but they're very serious, very sincere they are, yeah. and epic. And they have, they're, they're like, they take kids seriously. They take the world seriously. Yeah. So I, I, I believe that's important. And I would rather, if I had to choose between one, I would do that. Um, but I feel like this is a, a little bit of um, the leavening laughter in a, in a serious loaf of bread, maybe. <laughs> uh, 
that I want to serve up the world to eat. I think it's important. Um, I think it's important to laugh and it's a gift to laugh. And I hope that that's, that the book is received in that way. Well, that's why I started this by saying that I consider this to be some of the best medicine I've had in a while because we're doing a lot of really serious stuff right now. And even at Plumfield Moms, we're doing a lot of World War II and World War I historical fiction and nonfiction. We're doing a lot of serious, gritty, heart-wrenching stuff. So to get this book where I just laughed, it felt restorative. And that's what I would want families to know is that this book is the kind of thing you could read at Christmas break, or you could read if you're, if you've got somebody in the hospital, or you could read on a car ride, if you, especially if you're going to a somewhere hard. And this is the kind of book that you will just laugh yourself into a good mood, no matter what's going on. When we received, uh, you know, the first draft to look at, it was, we were in the throes of the just having opened up our library we were hoping for like eight families and we had 17 so we were just not prepared for the 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 sheer stress and chaos of it all and we were so tired and frazzled and frustrated with life but we're we're doing it right and then we just laughed and laughed and this book has become a little bit of a soundtrack in our whole fall wouldn't you say jack like we are making jokes yeah constantly from this book constantly we're saying whelp whelp <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna have to do that. <laughs> Jack we're, ruined your well, vocabulary. Well, Jack, we're moving those childcraft books again. <laughs> oh, no. We're gonna have to add whelp to the English dictionary. <laughs> You're like Shakespeare, Sam. <laughs> so much like Shakespeare. I'm like Shakespeare, only much, much better. Yes, much hundred you know, percent. Yes, more. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. <laughs> Waiting for your sonnets anytime now. <laughs> There's actually a comment in a book called Labors of Hercules Beale by Gary D. Schmidt. And one of the main characters, he's a, from the Marines. He's just received, he's a teacher and he's just received this essay from the main character. And he's like, making up words is, <sighs> can't, can't remember now, but. Basically, it says if you're not Shakespeare, you don't get to make up words, Beale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> privilege of the bard and no, no one else exactly <laughs> exactly yep. oh i love gary d schmidt i haven't read that that's a, is that a good one? Oh yeah our favorite that's new and it's good so good do you know it's lieutenant colonel danny hupfer remember danny hupfer from the wednesday wars yeah danny's all grown up and he's married to my t are you serious no, yeah, we we are serious. Oh, no, I got to read that one. I haven't. I love him so much. Like he's Wednesday Wars to me. That's one of those books that I read it and was felt this way about Paradise Lost and some other things. But just it hit me at the time. Just like that is perfect. It's a perfect and, book. Yeah. And why would right? It just made me feel like why would you try to write something like I can't? I, nobody can write. This guy can write. <laughs> like I can't write. Look, that, I mean, it's just so beautiful. I don't mean I don't mean it that. Like no, uh, yeah. self pity. Just he's just so so good. We talked with Gary Schmidt last month and we asked him, how did you kind of hone your craft? And he said, you know, back when he was coming up, young authors had the privilege of being assigned an editor who rigorously mm. edited everything mm. they wrote and then put it out and published it so that they could receive feedback. And he said, and the way you learned to write was by publishing, 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 because unless mm. you write, you're not going to get better. And it's like what you said about Southie. You know, you've written so many books since you wrote Southie, and now you look at it and go, oh, gosh, I would do that differently. So you do. Yeah, that's so cool. I, oh, that's neat. I would love to meet him someday. Like, uh, you know, you get older and you get less 
impressed or yes. like you said, exactly. a lot of times meeting, meeting at your heroes, there's the, like, there's don't do that. that cliche. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a conversation with my brother, Josiah in some airport. And I was, I said, who could walk by here that would make you like get up out of your seat and go, I was, right. you know, when you're a kid, well, no offense to you guys, but when you're younger, like for me, I was like any sports person mm-hmm. or whatever, I would have been like, Oh my goodness. So excited. But even now I'm just like, I kind of understand, you know, like I wouldn't bother there's like, how many people would you go actually bother right. that you cared so much? And Gary Schmidt is on that list for me. Yeah. Like if I saw him, I would be like, I would go say, Hey, I don't want to waste your time, but I would just want to say thank you or something. He He's on that yeah. list of very few people to me that I, would do, I just, I admire him so much. Yeah. No, that's, that's how I felt too. And Diane too, because we've read almost all of his books this year. Like I said, we've been reading dark, hard stuff and Gary's got a lot of really hard stuff, all beautiful, yeah. right? All completely yeah. worthy. And Diane said, I really think we need to interview him. I'm like, we're going to waste his time. Well, we're not going to have anything important to say. But I would say that if that was the one person that you would get up and go talk to, he would also be the kind of person who would humbly appreciate that. Yeah, he would. He would not consider that a bother. He just, he seemed very humble to me. Yeah. yeah. Was- not like me. If somebody approaches me in the airport, I just, I, I just attack them. Of course you do. Like, do. Boundaries? Do you not understand? <laughs> yeah. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> go away. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot see you doing that. <laughs> Well, so Sam, when is Jack Zulu 2 coming out? Are you hoping that that's in time for Easter? Can you say? Can you not say? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I That would be awesome. Mm. That would be a, that's a good thing to pray for. I would love to. That, that, we're getting there. We're getting there. Mm. I like the book a lot. We talked about sort of the stuff you've learned. And I think maybe we talked about this in, in the podcast we did before, but learning so much from doing a series with the Green Ember, like the... Um, I feel like we applied a lot of that to Jack right. and, and I think it's better because of that. The story's better than it could have been because of that. And uh, I don't know. So I have, and there's often like a sophomore sort of slump, you know, with books and, and, and I don't, we don't want to do that. So we're, we're taking a lot of care. I hope that it's then in the end it, it it's pays off, um, but it, uh, we're not going to rush it out. We're going to get it in, you know, we're, we're thinking about it for 200 years <laughs> You know, not just <laughs> yeah, not just uh, what we what we can have out for, for next year, but but um, yeah, we're working on it. I, I, that would be really cool. I hope, uh, hopefully, hopefully, my what I've been telling people is I hope by twenty in twenty twenty four. That's the that's the goal. Got it. Um, but Got it. It, but Easter would be uh, a little Easter miracle. And that would be great. We want to do that kind of thing. We'd love to be able to do you know Easter Christmas sort of thing. Um, yeah, there's a decent possibility. I, I think I've got a book that's um, traditionally published. My first traditionally published book is supposed to come out in late summer Ooh. next year. Can you tell us about so, that? What is that? Um, I can tell you a little bit. Um, I haven't really talked about that in publicly. I mean, I don't think I've told anybody about that. So this, this is an exclusive. But <laughs> my dream would be to do have one in Easter and then have this one traditionally come out and then do another one in the fall, like to do, to do three books next year. And that's possible. The traditionally published one is called the found boys. And it's a, it's a story about a couple of boys who meet each other behind their respective churches by a Creek, which is kind of based on my, oh. this Creek that was behind my church when I was growing up and they go on an adventure together up, uh, up, up the Creek. Oh. And it's, it's kind of funny too, but the heartfelt and lovely. And is it for the yeah. same target age range or is it for a different audience? Okay, great. 
Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. That would be lovely. So what else are you working on then? If I mean, <laughs> you have plenty to do to promote and all of that, but are you working on anything else right now that you can talk about? Well, I will just tease the world, the world of, of, of this wonderful podcast audience and say, do you think it would be cool to have a Green Ember board game? Oh. Um, that would be fun. Um, that would be super fun. <laughs> we're thinking about games um, and thinking about even with like mobile or video game type things, like how do you do that in a way that doesn't <laughs> increase the problem of like screen, you know, screen right. time, that kind of thing. So thinking through that thing in, that, in a hospitable way, we're, we're thinking through some of those things. So I don't think we really have, I don't have too much else news wise. There's a lot of books in the works that are, that are in various sort of stages Josiah, Caleb, and I are focused on finishing Jack Zulu 2 right now. That's kind of what I'll be working on probably through December and maybe January. There's, I want more Green Ember stuff. There's, there's more Green Ember out there. I've, I wrote about, about a third of another Green Ember book that I need to come back to and, wow, and finish. Wow, yay! That's exciting! Green Ember is pretty awesome. So if you're adding to Green Ember, we want to know about that. <laughs> yeah, that I hope, you know, Lord willing, if, if I am allowed the time and... Um, energy and all that stuff. I, I want to write more. Got a lot more Green Ember stories I want to tell, um, for sure. Green Ember is really always going to be sort of pride of place in your heart. Is that right? I think so. Maybe so. Yeah. I, I, I love it. It's, yeah. And, and I think people, it means so much to me that, that an audience is eager for it. So it makes me want to get, want to feed them. Want to feed them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, boys, do you have anything you want to say or ask before we say goodbye? Just a joke idea. You should make a t-shirt of oh. all the jokes uh, from Mooses of Bazookas. Oh, that's a good idea. The boys really want, like, on the back of the t-shirt, all the jokes. Like, where it's like rainforest.com and all the books listed. Oh, or something like that. Good idea. That's that's not bad. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, t-shirts are a funny thing. They're they're. Uh... Do you guys like the t-shirt? Oh yeah. Yes, we love it. The boys are getting theirs for Christmas. Oh wow! I have mine already, because I don't have any <laughs> patience. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any, you got any great ideas like that? Is a good idea. One idea that Andrew had was, and he actually designed it. And it's, it looks pretty cool. That we almost put out when we did the Helmer Combat Academy shirt. I love that one. Oh, he yeah. did um, one of like it's a picture of Helmer, like a rabbit head, but it's got all of his, like all quotes from him. Like yeah. that's what makes up the picture sort of. So it's a bunch of like those Jane Austen type book things where it's all done in quotes. Yeah. Captain Sunshine and Private Misgivings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> so everything's a weapon. All his little, little quotes. Um, Cause people love Helmer, man. That's mm. he's like, they're, he's the, he's the favorite. So he is. <laughs> he and Joe. Yeah. He and Joe. and Joe. I think there would be a cool game to play like a, as an archer, like a, mm -hmm. as a, you know, just like go on an adventure as an archer. Mm -hmm. That might be a kind of a cool mm -hmm. game idea. I think right? so. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. There's this game called Axis and Allies where it's you're reenacting World War II, but Hitler could win. You could do that for yeah. a great number. That's true. Then again, though, with the demographic of kids, you might not want to have it a over eight hour board game. <laughs> That's <laughs> We'll do that for mooses with bazookas. It'll be like mooses or bears. Yeah. This town. Yeah. That, would, and that tanks. would be amazing. And tanks. Yeah. But instead of eight hours, it'll be like eight minutes. Uh, yeah. Very, very Because they're out of gas. <laughs> you got to play as fast as possible. 
who, yeah. who can play fastest? <laughs> Although there'd have to there'd have to be three factions. You'd have to have uh, the bears, the mooses, and the blind, blind bears. bears. Yeah. Boy, oh, they're, and they're spoilers, wolves? right? They turn everything There's upside down. There. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Wolves with shotguns. So. <laughs> oh. This is great. Sam, it is always just such a privilege that you spend so much time with us. Thank you for coming and talking to us. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's been an honor. I loved it. I'm so glad the boys were here too. That was a nice touch. I enjoyed uh, hanging out with you guys. Thanks for thanks for spending time with me today and I really appreciate you guys and thanks to the to your whole family and for previewing these this book and and many others. It, it's uh, it's so so helpful and we're so grateful for your for your support. It means the world. Uh, we consider it a true honor, a privilege. It's, thank you for trusting us with it. We really, we really, really treasure that experience. So thank you. It's a gift. Thank you guys. Are you still alive, Diane? That's <laughs> I... Still breathing. Still breathing. <laughs> she, had to be, she had to be brought back a few times. You got, you can't see it if you're just listening to this, but the, it, yeah, there was clear. <laughs> very dramatic. We, we just kept talking because we're professionals. <laughs> Uh, Jack was just like, guys, let's keep, let's stay focused on the main thing here. That is what I would want you to do. You would. That's what we thought. We yes. Just, we took yes. a vote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you just get used to it after a while. <laughs> Whew, that was dark. <laughs> we just met. <laughs> Sam, thank you for finding the time to spend with us this afternoon. Caleb and Jack, I hope you had fun. Well, friends, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Thanks so very much for listening. And until next time. P.S. There are show notes available for this episode with links to all of the things. So head over to our website to check them out. P.P.S. There is a special page just for Sam Smith on our website. Yes, we like him that much. So when you're over at our website, check out the Beloved Authors tab and you'll be able to find Sam and our book reviews and all the things related to Sam and the Green Ember and related books there. P-P-P-S. We also love Gary D. Schmidt and he's a beloved author as well. So when you're checking out Sam's beloved author page, check out Gary D. Schmidt's as well. P-P-P-P-S. If you haven't read the book yet, you're probably wondering what's with all the postscripts. Um, well, all I can tell you is to read the book. P-P-P-P-P-S. If you do buy the book Mooses with Bazookas, don't forget to go to Amazon and leave a review. Even if you buy the book from Sam's website, go leave a review on Amazon and make sure that lots of people who don't know Sam know that this is a great book. 